Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. Here's a stoop story from Kim Worthington about the painful dimming of a relationship. As she says, it's possible for tragedy to completely remake you, mind, body, and spirit. So, almost exactly three years ago, I met my love. Matt was tall with green eyes and some serious, grumpy old man vibes. He (laughs) liked to complain about his salt and pepper hair, uh, in part, I think, because he knew I'd tell him how sexy it was. Uh, His military experience meant that work was his purpose, so he spent his days, nights, weekends saving the world. He had seen the most extreme darkness, and it felt like it softened him to me. He supported my love of solo travel, helping to pick the books I'd take and nurturing my plants while I was away. And now that he was dating a minimalist, he knew that if he was coming to cook me dinner, he'd have to bring his whole kitchen. In the most profound way, uh, he didn't want anything from me. Or maybe it was that he didn't want anything different from me. For the first time, there was all this space in a relationship for the full bloom of my wants and needs. We both placed a high value on independence and pleasure, and we found this Rhythm, time apart, and then crashing together in sort of complete presence, attention. And then when he was offered a position in another country, he asked if I'd go with him. He spent his 30th birthday with me, middle of the summer, came over late after work. I remember feeling like he crashed into me, lamenting what felt like his sudden old age. Just as easily, I crashed into him because it was the only thing I really ever wanted to do. It would be the last night like that. When I hadn't heard from him the next week, I wasn't worried. I called, and his phone went straight to voicemail. And then a week turned into a month without any contact at all. It was easy to manufacture that aliveness I felt with him now that he was gone. My longing was full of anger, sadness, annoyance, disgust. I continued to call every time I felt consumed by thoughts of him, and every time straight to voicemail. And after nearly two months, I called and he answered. My voice was aching as I asked, what happened? 
are you okay? And he told me, told me that the night after his birthday, he had been hit by a car, pinned under as the engine burned his skin, and tires broke his ribs and pelvis. He spent days in a coma with internal bleeding and a traumatic brain injury. And then when he awoke, memory loss. I often wonder, how do you know in those first moments awake that you've lost your memory? I wonder if he was asked, who is missing you? Is there someone you love? Did he answer, I don't know? I cried softly into the phone as he told me what happened. I had spent months feeling abandoned and lonely, and now I just felt loathsome. I wanted to know when I could see him. He needed to end the call for his daily walk. He spent months living in the Midwest with his family while he recovered, and we would talk occasionally for hours at a time. I never once asked if he remembered me, remembered our plans, our jokes. The possibility of him saying no would have been enough to crush me. With each conversation, though, it was apparent that he was regaining some memories from the time before his trauma. But a memory isn't a feeling. Asking, do you still love me, is predicated on the person remembering they did so in the past. We were both navigating this whole experience without a map, and I felt horribly lost until I nearly died myself. Just a few months after his accident, I became really sick. It wasn't until I was in the worst pain of my life that I drove myself to the hospital Christmas morning. At that point, I couldn't take full breaths. And I was in shock from what I would learn was sepsis. My appendix had torn loose from my colon days earlier, and I was being poisoned. After weeks in the hospital and multiple surgeries, I had significant recovery ahead of me. I was too weak to walk my dog or stand in the shower. The months after 
My surgeries were full of all the worst things. Chronic pain. Eating, sleeping that's completely devoid of pleasure. Self-pity, disgust. And the scorching bright light of awareness. I realized that with each conversation we had, I just wanted us to be all right. In part because it meant that he was okay. And that some things were still the same. I was so full of need and not at all gracious with my love. And now, faced with my own trauma, I saw how impossible it is to be anything for someone else. Each day is spent painstakingly putting your body, your life, back together. It's been about a year or so since we've talked. I don't know at this point what it would do for me. I know it's possible to forget you've loved someone. And it's possible for tragedy to completely remake you, body, mind, spirit. Matt and I have been walking these seemingly parallel paths. Perhaps we are never destined to crash into each other again. So I don't know where the end of this story lies, but its conclusion transformed me. If you feel scarred, exposed, lonely, love more, if they've forgotten, forsaken, abandoned you, love anyway. Thank you. That was a stoop story from Kim Worthington about remaking her life after tragedy. We have more information about the Stoop Storytelling Series and the Stoop Podcast at the On the Record page at wypr.org. The next Stoop event is in less than three weeks, December 12th at the Senator Theater in Baltimore. Storytellers will share tales about the universal truths of holiday celebrations. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Hope your weekend is bountiful.